0: Yes, Jesus, we thank you that we can party and have a good time, God, as we just celebrate you. God, it is all for you, all your glory. You are worthy of all the glory. You are worthy of all the praise, God. And so we just thank you that, Jesus, we thank you that you came. We thank you that you were willing to go and die on the cross for us, Lord, and take on the sin of each and every one of us in this room, all mankind throughout all eternity, God. And then the proof of that promise, God, that you rose again three days later. And so we celebrate that today, this Easter, God. And we just thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated.
1: First of all, it's good to see everybody here today. I'm here to tell you a tale of evil deceit, innocent longing, and glorious redemption. So let's get right to it, shall we? Once upon a time, in a land far away, there lived a king and his daughter.
2: I'm King Edward Marbury, ruler of the Kingdom of Templar. And
3: I'm Princess Audra, and the apple of my father's eye.
1: It had been many years since the Queen had mysteriously disappeared from the castle, when Audra was just a child. The Queen had been lured away from the castle, claiming to hear voices coming from outside the boundaries of the Kingdom. That was the day she had disappeared, and no one had seen nor heard from the queen since. Sadly, Audra had never known her mother. One day, when Audra was a young girl, she asked her father an important question.
3: Father, what lies beyond the boundaries of Templar?
1: Only
2: mischief and evil lie beyond the boundaries of our kingdom, Audra.
3: What kind of evil?
2: The kind of evil that would separate us.
3: Separate us! No!
2: You need not worry, my dear. All you could ever want or need is within the boundaries of our land. There is no need to venture outside the kingdom. Do not concern yourself with such unnecessary
1: musings. The king's answer satisfied the young girl. But as the years began to pass, Audra grew more and more restless.
2: My dear, what is troubling you?
3: Father, I would like to travel beyond the boundaries of Templar. May I go?
2: But Audra, you have no need. All you could ever want, desire, is right here. There's no need to venture outside the kingdom.
3: What is out there? What is so bad that you will not let me leave?
2: You're not a prisoner here, Radra. You may leave at any time. I may? Yes, but as ruler of this kingdom and as your father and protector, I'm telling you there is nothing out there that is better than what you already have right here. I am the king. You are my daughter. You lack nothing.
3: I heard something out in the courtyard the other day. You did? Yeah, it it sounded something like a voice.
2: Beware of that voice, Audra. It will lead you to nothing but trouble.
3: But it was so soft and gentle. How could it lead me to trouble?
2: That voice is deceptive. Whatever you do, my daughter, stay within the boundaries of the kingdom where I can protect you. It's for your own
1: good. Do you understand?
3: Yes, Father.
1: But Audra did not understand. She feared there was something much more grand beyond her kingdom. Something wonderful her father was withholding. Her curiosity continued to grow, as did her restlessness. One day, while she was walking near the courtyard, she heard a familiar voice.
4: Hello, Audra.
3: Who is it? My Who name, is there?
4: My name is Baldur.
3: Show yourself. As you wish. What do you want?
4: I want you to have everything you desire.
3: I already do. I'm a princess.
4: You only think you have everything you desire.
3: But my father.
4: Your father has lied to you.
3: Why would he lie?
4: Because he knows that if you leave the kingdom, he can no longer control you. Your father craves power. He is a king that is who he is and what he does.
3: But he said I was not a prisoner here, that I could leave at any time. If he truly wanted to control me, as you say, he would have forbidden me to leave.
4: (laughs) Foolish girl, your father is wise. Of course he said you were free to leave. He knows that if he had forbidden you to go, you would never have listened. You would have left out of rebellion. That is human nature. By offering you your freedom, he was assuring you would stay.
3: Why would he try and trick me like that?
4: It worked, did it not?
3: You said that you were here because you want me to have all that I desire. How do you know what I desire?
4: You are young. You want what every young girl wants, love.
3: I already have that
4: here. You have the love of your father, but have you found the love of your life? Your soulmate? Your Prince Charming? No. I suspected not. You won't find him here, Audra, but if you come with me, I can assure you, he is out there somewhere waiting for you. How do you know? Because I have been there. There are many New delights that await you, Audra, but you must leave your kingdom to see them. If you stay here, you will grow old while life passes you by, never experiencing what might have been.
3: It, it is tempting. It
4: is a wonderful place.
3: And I am curious.
4: Of course you are, as you should be.
3: But here I am safe.
4: I have been beyond the boundaries, and I remain safe. Do I look harmed in any way? No. Do I look dangerous?
3: Actually, no. You seem very nice.
4: Then will you come with me?
3: Yes, I will. Take me to this new and wonderful place.
4: An exceptional decision, my dear. Shall we go?
1: Nightfall approached, King Maubre was ready to sit down for the evening meal.
2: Audra, the cook has prepared a delicious meal.
1: Come dine with me. But Audra did not answer. She was nowhere to be found, and the king kept looking. Audra, where are you,
2: child? It's not like her to miss an evening meal.
1: Audra Audra the king became very worried then when there was still no sign of his precious daughter by sunrise the next day the king called forth his bravest knight justice champion of round tree how can i be of service sire
2: My daughter is missing, and I fear the worst. Not long ago, she told me she heard a voice in the
0: courtyard. Do you think Baldur has something to do with her disappearance? I fear he did. Justice,
2: you are my most valued knight and my right hand. I would trust Audra's life to no one else but you. Please, you must find her and bring her back, no matter the cost.
0: I understand. On my life, sire, I promise I will return her to you safely.
2: Thank you. And Justice, be careful. Baldor is dangerous.
1: Though we had been searching for many months, Justice never gave up hope of finding Audra. Then one day, as he was walking through the forbidden forest of Shadowmere, Justice caught a glimpse of a girl resembling Audra. The bright smile and the innocence Audra once displayed now seemed hidden behind her tired eyes and a defeated spirit, but it was definitely her.
4: Well, if it isn't my arch-enemy Justice, the brave knight to the rescue, I suppose you want her back. I knew you'd come for her someday, but you're too late, Justice. She belongs to me now. She is a princess. She is the king's daughter, not yours. (laughs) Doesn't look like much of a princess now, does she?
0: Regardless... She is the king's daughter, and he is willing to go to any lengths to get her back, and so am I.
4: Really? Just how far
0: would you go? As far as I need to. Hmm.
3: Justice, my friend, it is good to see you. Thank you so much for coming to rescue me, but I do not deserve it. I went with Baldor willingly, even after my father warned me not to. I was easily deceived, and now I must pay for my crimes.
0: (laughs) The king
4: wishes for your safe return.
3: No, I cannot go back and face him. Not after what I have done. I am so ashamed.
4: As you can see, Justice, your services are not wanted here. So why don't you go get back on your white horse and ride off into the edge of nowhere? Not without her. I already told you, you can't have her.
3: Justice, please. It is no use. You will not let me go. Mm. It was my own fault. I deserve this life.
0: No, you do not. You are the daughter of the king.
4: There is nothing that you can say that will make me release her. I have every right to lay claim to her. She came with me willingly, beyond the boundaries of Templar. And the law clearly states that anyone who breaks the boundaries willingly is subject to whatever punishment I deem necessary. This is hers.
0: The law also states that if one is willing to take her place, you must set her free.
4: (laughs) I don't see any takers.
0: I am offering
4: myself...
3: Justice, no!
4: You will take her place. Brave knight. Strong knight. Knight who could slash me into a thousand pieces if he chose. You will take her place. I will. Done. Be gone, you worthless, selfish child. (laughs) At last, my trophy room will be complete. Wait until you see the horrors I have in store for you. You'll wish you had never been born.
0: No! Do not fear, Audra. Go back to your father. Go and be a princess once more.
1: Now through it all, the king had been waiting anxiously with no word from justice about his daughter. Though day after day had passed, King Mawbray never gave up hope that one day he would see his daughter again. Finally, one evening, Audra appeared before him.
2: Father? Audra, is that really you?
3: I am here, Father. No, I do not deserve your love, Father. I just came to tell you that I'm not with Baldur anymore. Justice came, and he took my place. You must get him back.
2: Justice did what he had to do to set you free.
3: But I should be there instead. He did nothing wrong. And now I am here, and, and he is there.
2: Audra, look at me. Justice knew when he went to find you what the cost would be. He knew the law. He knew what the price of your return would be.
3: And he still came?
2: He came because he loves you. And so do I. I am so happy you have returned.
3: No, I do not deserve.
2: It's not about deserving. It's about loving and forgiving, if you ask for it.
3: How can I ask for your forgiveness? I crossed over the boundaries, and you lost justice because of me. He was your bravest and most loyal knight.
2: And you are my daughter. Justice gave you back to me.
3: But what he did...
2: He would have done for anyone if I had asked him to. That is part of being a loyal knight. And the forgiveness is right here for you, Audra. All you need to do is ask for it.
3: How can I after what I have done, Father?
2: You have the same choice as when you left. You chose to leave... Now you can choose to be forgiven.
3: What if I cannot?
2: Then you'll end up like your mother. She's never returned to the castle, even though she still can if she chooses. She only has to ask for forgiveness, but she is never accepted the gift she was offered.
3: You know where Mother is?
2: Yes, she wanders the forbidden forest of Shadowmere. In her misery and shame, the castle is always within sight, but she's never again returned to these grounds.
3: I I cannot imagine. I don't want to end up like her. I'm so sorry, Father. I should have listened to you. I promise I will never wander beyond the boundaries of the kingdom again. Can you please forgive me?
2: (sighs) Of course I can. You are my daughter, and I love you. I am so happy you are home.
3: I'm so happy to be home. Oh, my Father, what happened to justice?
2: The law also states that when an innocent gives his life for another, he will automatically be set free at an appointed time.
3: So we will see him again?
2: I promise you. Now come, let us celebrate your return home.
5: Now, that was a a creative way to share the the gospel message, the message of hope for all of humanity, and I just want to just take a minute to thank everyone for their hard work and dedication. I, I read this uh, this skit, this drama, uh, quite a few months ago and it just touched my heart, moved me, and I just felt the Lord was calling us to do it. So I asked a few people and I just want to thank them. They've been working on it for months. Uh, Tyler, Stevie, David, Daniel, Keith, Lisa, Sandra, Genevieve, JD, Jeff, and the media and um, the Sound of Media crew. Can we give them a big round of applause? <clears throat> they, they put a lot of time, and I, I believe they did a, a great job. Now, before we get to water baptisms and we um, dismiss, go about your wonderful day as you celebrate this day, I want to just take a, a few minutes to explain what took place. Now, the king, from our story, represents God the Father, the Creator, the Creator of heavens of the heavens and the earth and everything on the earth. He also, in His great wisdom, He also created boundaries for us to live in, to protect us, to help us to live an abundant life, to love what is good and to hate what is evil, yes, He could easily make everyone, he could easily make everyone do what he desires, but out of love, he has put in each of us free will. Free will. Free will to live within his boundaries or live outside his boundaries where there is only mischief and evil, as the king said. Now, the princess. The princess from our story represents all of humanity. She represents you. She represents you and me. She represents all of humanity. And you are the apple of God's eye. You are, that simply means you are cherished above everything else in all of God's creation. Think about that. You are the apple of God's eye. How do I know that? I want you to listen to this. Think about the creation found in the book of Genesis. Listen to this. Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth That clearly tells me that you, you and I, we are the apple of God's eye. You are created in his image. You are created to rule and subdue. Please hear me this morning. You are not a mistake. You are not worthless. You are not formed from a bubbling stew of rock and dirt that took billions of years to create, you are created in his image and are the apple of his eye. You are highly valued and loved by him. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Then we have Baldur. The evil one. Also known as Satan, the devil, Lucifer, the angel of light, the tempter, and the father of all lives or of all lies. He is an adversary of God. What, what that means is what God loves, he hates. And since you and I are highly loved by God that would simply mean that you are highly hated by Satan. You see, we first see Satan in Genesis chapter 2 when he appears to Adam and Eve as the serpent who manipulates and deceives them into eating the fruit that was forbidden to them, thus causing sin and brokenness to enter the world. But Satan's story doesn't start there. You see, many of us, have heard how Satan is an angel who, who was cast out of heaven, from heaven, along with all the other angels who followed him, who rebelled against God. We call them demons. That story comes to us in the prophecy of Ezekiel 28. In the Bible, Ezekiel 28. In Ezekiel 28, God uses Ezekiel, the prophet, to declare judgment for sin over the king of Tyre. What's interesting is in these verses is that Ezekiel seems to poetically portray the kind of fall that Satan himself experienced. Ezekiel refers to him being in the Garden of Eden and takes him um, and, and takes excuse me, and talks about him being a cherub. A cherub is a kind of angel and how he was cast out. From heaven. Now, throughout the centuries, biblical scholars have argued about how to understand this passage. Some interpret the text to be speaking about the devil, while others maintain that these verses only speak uh, of King uh, Tyre and simply use poetic imagery to convey how the king has fallen from his place of honor. Now, perhaps you can argue for both sides with Ezekiel 28, but there are two things of many, there are two that I want to point out this morning that we know about Satan. Number one, he is a non-human being who exists in the spiritual realm. And number two, he stands in opposition of God and will eventually receive judgment that is due him as you see in the book of Revelation. Revelation. And being the adversary of God, not in the non-human form, as I've said, his only desire is to still kill, and destroy everything that God loves. And guess who's on the top of that list? You. You and I. And now we have the night. We have the night... Justice from our story, who, who of course represents who? Jesus. He represents Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that, was, that has been made. In him was life, and that light, life was the light of men. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus was born of a virgin. He healed the sick, he raised the dead, he cast out demons. He calmed the storm, he walked on water, he lived a sinless life. The Bible says that if everything was recorded that Jesus did while he walked on the earth for the 33 years he walked as a man, fully man and fully God, that there wouldn't be enough books to contain everything he did. He taught us. By example, how to live, how to serve, and how to love one another. Before I go on, I want to go ahead and dismiss all those that are being baptized to quietly leave and start to get ready, if you would. Now, those are, those are the characters from our Easter production. Now, don't, don't let me lose you here as people are leaving. This is very, very important, what we're going to talk about for the next few minutes. In fact, I'm going to pause while they exit the room, because I need your attention. Those are the characters from our Easter production. But the drama... The drama that we watched, the drama that played out before, before you this morning is one that is played out each and every day in our world. Please listen. Each and every day in our world, we have a God. We have a God who loves us and desires us to, to stay within the boundaries that protect us. But because of our free will, that he freely gives us to choose where where our boundaries may be because of our free will we have all gone astray the bible says we have all sinned and left his boundaries And to make matters worse, we have an adversary who is seeking to devour us, as I've said. So not only are are we being tempted within ourselves to leave those boundaries, to go and be and do what we think would suit us, that will only hurt us, we have an adversary, we have Satan that is throwing those fiery darts at us, only making things worse, correct? Drawing us from the love of the Father. Now, understand me, the judgment we deserve is this. The judgment that we deserve is to never, is really to never ever step back into the boundaries where God lives. That's pretty harsh, isn't it? But in reality, that's the judgment we deserve because we serve a holy, just God who knows no sin. Sin cannot be in His presence. to be eternally separated from him where there will be no light or love only pain and darkness but praise god everybody say praise god, praise god. but praise god see god god had a plan from the beginning God wasn't caught off guard when Adam and Eve made a choice with their free will that he gave them. God knew that uh, he told them you can touch anything, eat anything in the garden, run around in the garden, do whatever you want in the garden. There was no sin in the garden. There was no death. But he said you just don't eat of the one, one tree. When, when Adam and Eve freely ate of the tree and they became uh, aware of good and evil in the world, God wasn't shocked. God wants people around him that love him, that choose to be with him. He doesn't want to force them. So God knew this was going to happen, so God had a plan from the beginning. He mentions that plan in Genesis chapter two, fifteen, is the first mention of his plan. He was not caught off guard, people. This gift comes through the sinless life of Jesus who went to the cross and took upon himself the sins of the world so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Now please understand, Jesus chose to go to the cross for you. Just like you witnessed up here on the stage with Justice the Knight who chose to give his life. Jesus chose to go to the cross for you. You see, Jesus did nothing to deserve the cross, to be nailed to the cross, to bleed, to die on the cross. He did nothing to deserve the cross, but you and I did. He took our punishment upon himself, and there is no greater love than this. He died on the cross so that we could once again live in the boundaries God created us to live in, right? He died on that cross so so we could freely come back into the boundaries that God had for us. The Bible says there's no other way back to the Father but through the work of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then, the, the work of the cross took place, and then as we come to celebrate today, this resurrection Sunday, he rose from the grave. Death has no hold on him. Amen? Death has no hold on him. Yes, he went to the cross, he gave his life, and he died. They put him in the grave. Three days later, he rose. Now, I want you to understand something. That is what happens to each of us as we accept his gift of the cross, right? As we accept that gift. Spiritual death, eternal separation from God has no hold on us. We are born again, the Bible says. Nicodemus asked, he asked, how can a man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus said, no, no, that's not what I'm talking about. You have to be born again of the Spirit. And that is the death that Jesus conquered for us. We are born again when we receive this gift of the cross. When we receive it, we become righteous before God. What does that mean? That means when God looks at us, He sees us through the blood of Jesus Christ. He sees us through that veil, that blood, and he sees us as righteous because our sin is no more. Our sin is as far away as the east is from the west. It's thrown into the sea of forgetfulness as we accept the work of the cross. Listen to this, Romans chapter 3. It says this. This righteousness from God comes through as much work as I can do for the kingdom of God. Is that what it says? No, it says this, uh, this righteousness from God comes through faith by believing in Jesus Christ and the work of the cross, this, uh, through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. He did this to demonstrate his justice because in his forbearance, he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished, and he did it to demonstrate his justice at the present time, so as just to be just, and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. So this is where we are this Resurrection Sunday, April 4th, 2021. Here's the question. You know me. I always like to challenge you and give you a question to find out where you are with God. And here it is. Do you have faith in Jesus? Have you been justified by the redeeming power of his sacrifice to have faith in Jesus you saw in the play you you saw the princess you saw her saying Saying to the King, I, I don't deserve. I don't deserve. I don't deserve your your forgiveness. I don't deserve to come back into the boundaries. I don't deserve to come back into the protection you offer, Father. I don't deserve it. You're right. We don't deserve it. But you can't earn it either, right? You can't earn God's forgiveness. How much work could you really do to earn it? As the king said to the princess, as she argued with, fought with the inner self, if I don't deserve it, and hearing the story, uh, of, her, of her mother that never would come back. As the king said, the castle is always in sight. And you see, that's what Resurrection Sunday is about this morning. The empty tomb, the castle, the cross is always in sight. It's always inside people. You see, God's forgiveness is always available. We don't deserve it, but he gives it if we turn to him and we ask. That's what the gospel message is. That's what Resurrection Sunday is. I'm sorry, it's not about an Easter bunny. It's not about eggs. It's not about a basket. As fun as all those things may be as family traditions, I get it, but it's not about that. It's about A savior, it's about somebody that came and lived a perfect life, fully man, fully God, came a virgin birth. It's about a person who walked and lived among us for 33 years. And then he willingly went to a bloody cross, laid down his life for the sins of what you have done, the sins of the world. And then three days later, he rose from the grave. And then he says, he says, look, you've all gone outside the boundaries of God. Here's my gift of grace. All you have to do is accept it. Believe and ask for me to come into your life, repent, turn from your sin, and I will come into your life and you will be forgiven and you will be back in the boundaries of the kingdom. That's what Resurrection Sunday is about. That's what it's about. So once again, have you put your faith in Jesus? Jesus. Have you put your faith in Jesus? If you haven't, what are you waiting for? Well, Pastor Jay, I'll, I'm going to do it, but I, I need to make things right with God first. I need to go and, you know, do this or that. and you know, once I, you know, clean this up or do that, then, then I, you know, I can get my suit on or my dress on and get all cleaned up. And then I can, then I could come to your church. I could come down here and I could say, okay, I'm ready. God's going to take me now because I've done everything I can do to clean this up. Good luck you never it's just like it's just like the princess was wearing the filthy rags when she left that's what that represented it doesn't matter how clean you think you are even even on your best day the bible says you it's nothing but filthy rags before the lord that's that's it that's as good as it gets if you want to be set free from from the bondage of the enemy from the bondage of, of sin You have to humbly come before the Lord and say, Lord, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Lord Jesus, you're the only one that can set me free. It's through the blood of Jesus Christ. It's through the living Savior who conquered death, who sets me free. That's how you come to know Jesus. Would you please bow your heads with me? I'm going to say a prayer, and if that's you this morning, I-, I want you just to repeat it under your breath, repeat it out loud, repeat it however you feel you want to say it this morning. I'm going to say this prayer. If you're a person that has never accepted Christ today, I want you to say that with me. If you're here today and you've been a follower and you've accepted Christ and you're a believer, but for some reason you've you've fallen away from your first love, and you know you're you're living you're living away in your life right now that's that's outside the boundaries of what God has for you. He has more for you. Let the Holy Spirit draw you. I'm gonna I'm gonna say a prayer and I invite all of you to say it with me if you want, however you want. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I, I come before you, we come before you this morning, Lord, and Lord, we're sorry. We're sorry, uh, Lord for the sins we've committed against you for going outside the boundaries that you've clearly drawn Lord not because you're a God that doesn't want us to have any fun but you're a God that loves us and wants to protect us and knows that if we do these things outside the boundaries that you've set we will only harm ourselves we will harm our families we will harm everything that we hold dear God so Lord we're we're sorry for doing that thank you for the free will to choose but Lord now By our free will, Lord, we we pray that you would forgive us. We pray that you would help us repent. So, Lord, we're sorry, and Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for hanging on that cross for me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for providing a way back into the boundaries, into that place where we are safe, where we can be with you for all eternity and not perish, Lord. We thank you that you've conquered the grave for us. Now, Lord, please come into our heart, come into our life, and change us, transform us, put your power in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, everyone here this morning, if you feel like you said, that prayer for the first time and you believe and you become a born again believer as I said in the first service I want to do something right now I want everybody in this place to to give a great big hallelujah and applaud forever who that may be can we applaud now listen I didn't I I didn't have you raise your hand on purpose. I didn't have you stand up. I didn't have you come forward. I I did that on purpose. But I do wanna challenge you to come after the service. If you did that, come and talk to me. I have a gift for you. I I, I wanna just pray with you. I want you to acknowledge that if you did that and you feel a tug of the Holy Spirit right now to get baptized, you can do that. We have plenty of clothes for you. I want you to head out that door in a few minutes, head upstairs and they'll help you and they'll get you ready and we'll baptize you today. You don't have to take a special three-week course to understand what water baptism is jesus said to believe believe repent believe and get baptized in water if that's what you want to do be baptized in water is a public confession of your faith all right you're you're publicly confessing that you believe listen that you believe in the life the death and the resurrection of the lord jesus christ and you are saying that you are born again, that you are a new creature in Christ. The old man goes down in the water, old man or woman, and the new one arises and says, I am a born again disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what water baptism is. And if you want to do that today, we have plenty of water, we have plenty of clothes, and I want to invite you to do that. Amen? It's a great day. We get to witness something right now that is truly awesome so we're going to turn on the house lights we're going to make a few adjustments the children are going to come in and, and they're already coming so just give us one second